It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. At the end of May, I received a glowing review on iTunes from Michelle underscore 420 in LA. I'd blush if I read the whole thing to you, but she tacked on a can of curious question at the end, which I absolutely loved. Michelle wrote, Joe, I would love to hear more about cannabis for pets. I have two large dogs and one suffers from crazy anxiety and hip dysplasia. I want her to be comfortable and happy, and I want a safe and natural way to help her. I've struggled a bit in finding a vet who will openly discuss this with me due to legality. Maybe you can help a girl's best friend out. Well, Michelle, I'd already been reaching out to vets and pet store owners myself for quite some time and striking out just like you. And then, through my social network last month, I connected with the fantastic Trish Wilhelm and Dr. Chelsea Ludke. Beyond their veterinary practice, these two women educate pet parents and veterinary professionals on the use of cannabis in veterinary medicine. They also created VetCS, a veterinary-based CBD and hemp therapy company for dogs, cats, and horses. Using a scientific approach to cannabinoid therapy, they're able to provide safe and effective products to your fur babies. I know you strive to be a highly responsible pet parent, so we're discussing the warnings and benefits of THC, CBD, product selection, and dosing for cats, dogs, and horses. Take a toke and listen in with your four-legged bestie. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the 
Trish, Dr. Ludke, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast from your home base in Colorado. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. It's been a long time since I've had a call-in show. I just, I'm an in-person person, and it's just easier. This, the Getting the sound and everything situated on this thing is a lot of hard work. I'm glad yeah. Arnav was here today. So we have so many people that have been begging to have the conversation about their four-legged family members and how to safely introduce cannabis into their lives. And so I want this to sound good. This is going to be a hot episode, ladies. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. Trish, do you want to go ahead and give us a little intro of Vet CS and what you guys are doing? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Um, so uh, we are Vet CS. So we are a veterinary-based um, CBD and hemp extract company out of Colorado. Um, our backgrounds are um, in veterinary medicine, obviously. So my name is Trish Wilhelm. I am a certified veterinary technician. Um, I'm also a certified veterinary cannabis counselor and a co-founder of VetCS. And Dr. Chelsea Ludke is a co-founder as well. She is a veterinarian out of Colorado State University. And we got started uh, working in practice together and started to get inquiries from pet parents um, and horse parents, (laughs) specifically asking us to explain the use of cannabis and can they incorporate it and Years ago at that time, there just wasn't a lot of information available in in this area. So, um, you know, we encouraged them to, you know, let us do a little research and and start diving into that. And that's what we did. And we slowly dipped our toes in in the beginning with um, getting used to cannabinoids and and those molecules and how they interact throughout the body. Um, We extrapolated a lot from human medicine and what they were doing. And a lot of times we do that in veterinary medicine anyways, and can apply it to animals that way. So Dr. Ludke and I, before the inception of our company, before our products um, were developed, we just did some simple case studies and safety tests in horses and dogs and cats and started developing um, some really great background through that information that we gathered through all of that and decided to continue to move forward with it. We really fell in love with incorporating cannabis and veterinary medicine and the science behind all of that. So what we did is we actually started to um, start formulating products themselves. So we make products for dogs, uh, small, medium, large size dogs. We do um, specific products for cats and we have products for horses as well. Um, So proper dosing protocols, making sure that milligram content is on point with them because dosing matters. So Absolutely. Uh, that's, a, that's a little bit about our background and how we got started in all of it. So all of that research you did in the beginning, mm-hmm. have you gathered that up into white papers or you know uh, information on your website where pet parents can go and, and check it out? Because you know it's really hard to find vets that will talk about cannabis. And, you know, like you said, maybe a lot of it is because they just don't know enough yet and they don't want to give out bad information. So do you all have a way that you're disseminating that info? We do have information on our website. Um, Probably our biggest asset in our company is that we are available. Both Trish and I are available to chat and and really provide excellent customer uh, service. I talk to any veterinarians that have questions because I will agree to your point is in, you know, I graduated nine years ago from veterinary school. And of course there was no talk of the 
endocannabinoid system at that time. Um, I'm happy to say that now three out of about 30 U.S. vet schools are starting to talk about it in the curriculum as far as just the system itself, not that they're condoning cannabis use yet. But I think that's just part of the whole, you know, reform and and all that that will take a while. Uh, And so a lot of it is it kind of, you know, just cases on the ground, just getting information out. Um, What we did use those in-house clinical studies for was to determine dosing uh, for different um, different indications, you know, seizures versus just thunderstorm anxiety in a pet, um, things like that to see what works best and what dosing interval and, you know, and all that. Yeah. Luckily, we did most of that in 2017. Um, we actually had at this time, two in 2018 and one in 2019, um, some good papers published out of really big universities, uh, Colorado State University and Cornell, specifically in canines, um, the use of of CBD oil, both were mainly CBD, but had some other trace cannabinoids mm-hmm. and had really good effects for um, osteoarthritis and then some benefit for seizure patients as well. And we're happy to report that there's ongoing studies at, at those universities and University of Florida in, in cannabis and vet med. So we're excited to see what comes out of it. Nice. Uh, very shortly. If you guys um, have links to those studies, and I'll be sure and share them and um, great with listeners, we'd be happy to get those. Yes. So I would yeah. love to dive in to you know talking more deeply about THC specifically, and then CBD, and what are these warnings? What are the benefits? And you know the importance of the the dosing is so. You know where should we dive into that conversation? So I, I feel like, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think it kind of mostly ties into product selection at this point. With THC, um, dogs specifically do have a different therapeutic threshold than we do as humans. So I think there's a lot of danger out there in, in you know, people just going to a dispensary and thinking that they can really give any level to their dog when really that's not the case. Um, Well, and actually, when you and I had first talked, I had always heard that THC was just bad for dogs, period. Don't ever give (laughs) THC to your dogs. And you were the Uh one that told me, well, actually, there are some benefits and it is okay in low doses. So, you know, the the word on the street has just been like mm-hmm. THC equals bad. So right. I would like right. for you to dive in a little right. more into like what those yeah. benefits might be at that low dose that you're talking about. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's an important note just to start that conversation off with just making sure that people understand whether or not the, the quote unquote product that is being used is federally legal hemp or is it a federally illegal um, or marijuana based side product. Um, it is illegal at the federal level to manufacture marijuana or a mon- marijuana hemp hybrid product. Um, uh, that legal limit has to be below 0.3% on a dry matter basis to be considered legal. So um, that fine line is one that's being danced right now and, and something that people need to pay attention to. Um, THC as a molecule itself, I think is wonderful. I think it's, a, it's very good uh, with pain. Uh, responses and being able to assist with that, um, for the most part, and what we have found in utilizing it or or titrating it um, can be used for those those cases in you know terminal issues or cancer related or they're very painful from a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, for the most part, we found great success with a high dominant CBD based product with, you know, your general arthritis and, and anxiety issues and, and things like that. And I know Dr. Lukey will go into applications later, but, um, THC itself, we kind of save it for the heavy hitters. We kind of save it for those instances where we think, you know, some extra infantry support coming in <laughs> would be beneficial for them. And what we do with that is actually start them at a very very low dose and and that ratio being somewhere in the effect of a 20 to 1 so 20 CBD to 1 THC um and hopefully being able to work ourselves up from there to see where the dog responds best um as you know i you know just being a plant itself um it's not one of those instances where you have a miracle dose that you know for this specific cancer you give this dose and it's going to help uh, we really need to drill in our heads that um, cannabis in general very much works on its own way per the person. Right. We all have our own animal. unique so, relationship with it. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. So it, that's the exact same with animals. So, you know, just observing the animal, um, working with a veterinary cannabis professional, especially with this, you know, with the THC side, I can't stress that enough. Um, product selection in general, um, being able to select a safe product with the right levels incorporating it. If your pet's on any additional medications, that can be, you know, dangerous as well. So we proceed with caution, but the science behind it shows that it can be very beneficial in certain instances. I love to hear that. I really do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm a cannabis lifestyle guide. I help people incorporate cannabis into their life and do it in meaningful ways that work with their diet and their schedule and all of the things. And so you're basically mm -hmm. doing that for people's pets. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, somebody that comes into you guys, like, what is that experience like? And mm -hmm. by the way, do you do telehealth calls across mm -hmm. the country? Um, so, so basically what we do, and, and most of the time I will say I field a lot of the phone calls. So most of the time when people call in, they'll get myself or Dr. Ludke if the phones are on her. Um, what we do are actually veterinary cannabis consults. We obviously answer basic product questions um, in that regard. But if pet parents are wanting us to dive a little deeper, uh, look at their pet's uh, medical records. What kind of medications are they on? What dosing schedule should we start with? How do we approach CBD therapy for their specific animal? Um, then we do do, you know, more in-depth veterinary cannabis consults to where we can be able to coach them through a really safe and effective CBD therapy plan so that they can achieve the goals that they sought after when they decided to go this route with them. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's sort of what we do. And then on the flip side of that, not just pet parents, um, but we work with veterinary clinics specifically as well. So um, Dr. Ludke and myself uh, will go into veterinary clinics and just do some lunch and learns. Uh, we talk to them about cannabis. We explain the plant to them. Uh, we explain, you know, the current research that's going on, what we have found as a company, um, and really just sort of um, get them used to hearing some of the terminology that's going to be coming through. Um, ultimately, when a pet parent you know, buys a CBD product, um, they've sort of, you know, made that choice. I'm going to give this to my animal <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, and taking that into their veterinarian's office and saying, Hey, can I use this? Um, you know, veterinarians themselves have their hands tied currently in this weird gray area of pets not being listed specifically. Their medical boards are telling them, you know, we don't know enough. Let's not talk about it type situation. So instead of, you know, giving pet parents the answer of, 
I don't know, or I'm not allowed to talk to you about this. We coach them through terminology. You know, you're, you're allowed to present them with, well, I do know that this is the current research that's going on at Cornell and CSU, for instance, right now. And um, this is the information that I have received. Um, we have a veterinary referral program for them. So if they are not comfortable discussing product selection or those types of, you know, harder questions about cannabis, they simply pass our information along to the client and we sort of build that bridge between the pet parent and, and their veterinarian. So it's nice for both ends to have a trusted source where, um, you know, we have, you know, our backgrounds to be able to discuss with their veterinarians and then kind of circle back with the client in between and make sure everything's going okay. I love that. It's such an important service. Thank you for providing it. I think (laughs) there's so many people that live in fear because they just don't Mm -hmm. know to reach out and ask a question. You know, it's just so silly. It can be so easy to change your life or the life of your pets by Mm -hmm. just having a little bit of data. And so I love that y'all are doing that. And when people call in for these just initial, just general questions, is this a free service? Yeah. Uh, So so when they call in generally, um, it is free to obviously call in and ask general product questions about pricing and, you know, am I selecting the right bottle? Um, Is this, you know, a proper application that I would like to use for my animal? You know, those types of generic questions are are perfectly fine. Once they, you know, start asking questions about, you know, us delving into, um, you know, comparing medications and uh, checking dosages, doing a customized dosing schedule, following up with them in a few weeks time, make sure everything's going okay. Those type of extra um, services we do charge a small consultation fee for. As you Um, should. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, absolutely. And a lot of clients are are more than happy to go through that process because they, you know, it is it is so new and it is a lot of information. And you're adding to, value. To absorb. And you're adding value to their life and lengthening the life of their pets. I mean, it's that's one exactly. of that's actually in my opinion, the most tragic thing I've ever been through in my life was the death of my pets. Oh, I was terrible. It's, and family it's so hard. Terrible. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and they're the ones that love you all the time, regardless. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like losing that kind of love is devastating. So whatever mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. do to provide our pets with this meaningful and loving life that, you know, they're mm-hmm. free of pain and anxiety and all of these things and we can do it naturally. I'm like, shit, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll pay money for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. So that's actually one of the best parts of the job is Trish and I get follow ups from people. And, and we've had a couple, I would say a couple of people that are really good about customers. They're really good about getting back to us and, and their dogs have been on average one to two years longer lifespan. We've even had several cats that were, the owners were deciding on euthanasia and they found CBD therapy and, you know, our favorite one was over a year longer. Um, and so that, that's really cool when you can hear those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Ludke, what do you what do you want to teach us today? What do we need to learn? <laughs> well, I I think a a good time now would be to talk about why would you decide to use it in a pet or or what, you know, what aspects would would make you look into hemp therapy. Um and that very classically is translational, right, from human medicine and and some of the studies there is a vast body of research out there in humans on what indications there are for using CBD. So, for starters, um, it's a very potent 
anxiolytic, meaning that any sort of anxiety, um, CBD and hemp therapy can help with. Um, and again, that's on a dose, a dosing dependent schedule. So um, in humans, it's been shown that smaller doses of CBD actually work better for anxiety than higher doses. And so we have actually found that same thing in, in dogs and cats, not surprisingly, uh, as well as horses. And so in general, we're having people give, and this is all on our website as well, so not to be confusing, but a, a half a milligram per kilogram twice a day of CBD for pets. So the thing we love to see is when is when you have, you know, maybe a middle-aged dog, you know, three, four, five, six-year-old that doesn't have a lot of issues, but is terrified of thunderstorms. Um, we get, uh, we get a lot of the 4th of July. The, <laughs> yes. And fireworks, all of that. Um, the noise, as we classify it is called noise phobias. The CBD can work incredible for those animals. Um, and so the nice thing about it is you, they don't have to be on it day and night all the time. Um, as from a cost savings aspect, um, yeah. is that they can actually just dose it as, you know, if they know a thunderstorm's rolling in or even, even after the thunderstorm is already taken on, I used it for kind of my younger lab last Halloween and he doesn't have any medical issues, but he could not handle all the kids coming up to the door, you know, in, yes. in costumes. And so within 10 minutes of giving it, he was quiet and happy. And, you know, it's not something that we're trying to sedate animals, which is, which is, I will say the kind of typical pharmaceutical route is if you come into your to your veterinarian and say, well, my dog just can't handle thunderstorms. Then you're given Saleo or one of the pharmaceuticals that sedates them, which is, is good in a way because it gives them relief. Right. But you're not, you're not helping them, you know, by just kind of overtaking yeah, their, that's a their short system. Sided, right? Yeah. It's a short sighted. It it's is. a bandaid. Exactly. So that's kind of one nice application where we can use, use it sparingly, um, and help animals, uh, it helps definitely with other, other, basic anxieties as well. Yeah. It's great for um, the car too. Probably, Some dogs are terrible in the car yes. and they can't just sit still. And so yes. it, it's great then, or like, you know, I was at my grandmother's funeral um, a couple of months ago and there were so many people in and out of the house that the dogs, um, oh, there's yeah. two little dogs and, you know, they don't know what's going on. And one of them's really far away from home in a new space. And, and frankly, I think it's, more rude to not take care of it, to let them just walk around being mm -hmm. anxious than it is to give them a damn treat and let them take a nap. Mm -hmm. like, exactly. And exactly. then everybody was happier. Like that stuff yes. really, really works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's incredible how well it can work. And so uh, ranging into, I would say anxiety and, and osteoarthritis are kind of our most common applications. Um, obviously more middle-aged to senior dogs that have, you know, are just having mobility issues where it's it's hard for them to either get up the stairs or jump on the couch anymore, you know, or even into the car. And we just notice people, you know, seeing that time is taking its toll and they, they're not ready yet to get them on Rimadyl or one of, you know, one of the pharmaceuticals that has to be given all the time and risks stomach and liver health. Um, and so they kind of jump to CBD and it's amazing how, even as an adjunct, how much you can help with, you know, a plant-based product. And so that dosing is is kind of middle of the range, about one milligram per kilogram for osteoarthritis. Um, and those are the the good study results that came out of Cornell is that that actually is very effective to treat osteoarthritis. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So as people's dogs are getting older and the pet owner notices like, okay, looks like, you know, Sadie's hip is catching a little bit. She's not really complaining about it, but 
we go ahead and start on this regimen of CBD. As they get older, are you seeing that like that the CBD is just works fine or are they still needing to pair that with the pharmaceutical drugs? That's a great question. So I I think in the beginning, I th- yes, I would say CBD helps the mild to moderate arthritis. But if you're, you know, obviously with arthritis, it's a degenerative condition. So we can't really cure it or, or reverse time. And otherwise that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what we're looking at is, yeah, if the disease progresses, say that it is hip dysplasia or something that, that actually damages, you know, the cartilage and the ball and socket joint of the hip, then, then no, I think in the, as time goes on, you know, CBD can't cover all of the inflammation that's going on there. So they will, but I, this is a guesstimate, but on average, we're getting about a year to year and a half of delaying pharmaceuticals. Um, or even in the case of say a 14 year old dog, that's already on two different, you know, anti-inflammatories, which is fairly common. We can either decrease the dose of those or give them better comfort as a tertiary option. Right. Mm -hmm. And so anything we can do, you know, to help that just the overall comfort and, and pain relief of the animal and decrease other drugs is great. But I, I do always caution, of course, we, we're not just going to take them off all their prescribed medications. It's kind of ebbs and flows with their response to therapy. Just like Trish mentioned is every dog reacts at a different amount. You wouldn't just want to pull off all the medications without talking to your veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some dogs respond beautifully to low doses of CBD. Some need much higher. There are, there's a certain subset of animals about 10 to 15% that just don't respond at all. And I, I think that's very similar to humans, you know, with, with CBD predominant um, products. You know, and here's just a hot tip for the listeners that just was going through my mind. If you did take your dog mm-hmm. to the vet and your vet doesn't know the answers and doesn't understand cannabis, then you reschedule that appointment so that you can have Trish and Dr. Ludke conferenced <laughs> in and then <laughs> yeah. you have cannabis knowledge and the veterinarian's knowledge of your particular dog and they can all kind of work together because exactly you know too many people just get the well my vet won't talk about cannabis or my vet doesn't know anything about cannabis and so then they just stop and start trying to experiment on their own and so I think in those cases when you are dealing with an older dog I would get peace of mind by having you guys involved (laughs) right thank you yeah thank you (laughs) What else do we need to know? Is there something different about horses? Because I know you are a horse medicine specialist. So is there something different that you notice there as, you know, as you do with pets or canines or in felines? A good question. So we, we've been doing a lot, a lot of our resources have gone to actually studying horses because nobody else is. And so um, we've been doing kind of the laboratory testing and really putting the time in on figuring out dosing protocols because dosing a horse uh, is very similar on a per pound basis is going to be very expensive. And so for your average horse, if you wanted to treat them for mild arthritis daily, I mean, you're looking at close to $150, $175 a month. And so- Damn, um, they better be making you a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and the flip side of that is we can't use it in race horses and show horses, you know, that are competing because it, it is so effective that it's, that you're just been basically put onto the, um, banned substances on most of the show bodies in the U S and, and other countries. So 
um, we're seeing this, you know, which is, is really just proof to show that it does work, you know, and, and it gives you a performance enhancing, you know, but um, I think that's boost, kind really. of unfortunate because it's also really great for the animal. It's not like yes. steroids. It's not like you're giving the animal something that's breaking down its body in order I to know. win. It's a win-win. I know. And the good thing is you can still use it. I mean, once what we're doing, what Trish and I are doing at, with Vet CS is figuring out the protocols. And, you know, this is when you should take your horse off of it, but you can use it daily. You just can't show on it, if that makes sense. Okay. So, I mean, it's it doesn't completely, you know, take it off the table for those animals because those, those are the animals that are under the most physical stress. Right. You know, and they're athletes and they have a lot of, you know, inflammation in, in multiple areas of their body. So, how long the, will it until it's out of their system? It's in our research, it's, it's generally lasting between four and five days. So we've cautioned horse owners to at least take them off a week in advance, just because, you know, obviously some horses are different and they, they last, it lasts longer in their system. Right. Um, that's where we've been getting at to, to go back a little bit to the THC topic is, is we would love to, in any animal, any human, if you incorporate a little bit of THC, you can really greatly decrease your CBD dose because it, because THC is so analgesic and powerful. Mm -hmm. And so we'd, we'd love at some point to get with whatever works into the legal landscape is to be able to use a little bit of THC and help horses more affordably, because obviously it's, it's just very cost prohibitive on a long-term basis to treat a horse. But we have a ton of success with short-term conditions like founder and laminitis um, obviously traumatic situations, which horses like to get themselves into and they don't tolerate pharmaceuticals, things like that. So we, there's a lot of, there's a lot of neat indications. Um, again, the anxiety piece, just as in dogs and cats is incredible in horses. I mean, they, they respond so, so well to low doses. So that's, that's kind of, um, very interesting and rewarding to be involved in, to see animals change that much. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I grew up on a ranch in West Texas. And so I grew up with horses. And the way I feel about my dogs was the way my dad felt about his horse. Aww, <laughs> yes. So yeah, I mean, it's like, I wish we would have had a lot of these products then because yeah, it's, it's devastating mm -hmm. to lose a pet. So I love yes. that, that y'all have really dialed all of this in. So can you help us be better shoppers in, in general? Because there are a lot of industrial hemp products out there. I try to warn people a lot about how to purchase good products in general, but I would love for you guys mm -hmm. to reiterate that with the focus mm -hmm. on animals. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you brought up a really good point when you mentioned industrial hemp. Um, it still goes back to when I touched on federally legal hemp or still federally illegal marijuana side <laughs> products. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of those are not currently, um, for the most part, FDA regulated at this time. So that leaves this huge gap for production that is uh, maybe dubious or <laughs> um, not with the best intention or they're kind of short skirting um, how they're getting to their formulations um, and things like that. So uh, product selection is is huge on my list of educational points to talk with pet parents about. Um, a lot of human companies at this time are, you know, oh, well, we have this line, let's expand into pets. And they sort of, you know, no offense to them, but they kind of, you know, put a paw print on the bottle and, and sell it, you know, 
which is the same formulation for the people. But we've been finding that some of those products contain um, like xylitol is a very popular sweetener. Um, It's actually very toxic to animals. Um, You know, so certain things like that that are additives in the ingredient list that we really want pet parents to be aware of and and know that not every single product may be a good fit for the animal itself. So really paying attention to labeling. Can they tell you how many milligrams of cannabinoids are in that entire bottle? Can they give you a concentration of milligrams per mil uh, of what you're getting? And bonus points if they can tell you down to the drop how many milligrams are in there. So there's all of that to look for on the front. Um, If they can give you a full ingredient list on the back and let you know exactly what's in there. Um, There's some proprietary blends. And that's all it says. And, you know, you're like, well, I need more information than that. <laughs> I need to yeah. be able to make a safe, you know, educated choice. So um, I can get on my soapbox all day about certificates of analysis. Those are, are very important to us. So that tells us a lot of what's actually going on inside of that bottle. So um, third party lab testing is huge. Um, we do that at VetCS routinely with every batch. So we actually test Um, the raw extract um, to make sure all of those heavy metals are clear out of there. As you probably well know, hemp is an amazing bioaccumulator and and is great at sucking up and Mm -hmm. cleaning the soil around it. So we need to be careful what's coming up into those products. Um, So testing that raw extract in that phase and and going as far as testing the finished product with that third-party lab testing. Um, We test for potency levels. Um, this is important to you know pay attention to for pet parents when they're shopping. If the company can provide uh, proper potency levels of of what's in there, um, are they giving you a terpene analysis? Are there even terpenes in that product? <laughs> um, we really yeah. enjoy using a, a custom terpene profile in our formulations. Um, they pack a lot of punch themselves therapeutically, so we love yes, selecting specific ones that we love. Um, limonene and little lul, and I have an affinity towards mercine <laughs> um, really well. So you know those types of things um, are they are they telling you what's in there? Um, another huge one is <clears throat> bacterial contaminants. <clears throat> Looking out for those mycotoxins, um, pathogens that could potentially even sicken the animal. So um, if a company, you know, when a pet parent is shopping, if they're very forthright about um, putting those either on their website or if you call them or email them and they're very quick to get back to you and they can provide you with that information, um, then that's wonderful. Yeah, um, that I is usually a good tell, sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I usually tell people if they don't have them or refuse to give them to you, walk away. Like they, there's plenty of other reputable, um, good companies putting great products out there that are worth your time and money much more. So I agree. So if you don't see mm-hmm. that QR code on the bottle mm-hmm. that you're purchasing or the mm-hmm. the box, go mm-hmm. to that company's website and there should be a place on there where they keep their COAs. How do y'all do yeah. it for Vet CS? Is it is there a QR yeah. code on the bottles or do you have it just um, posted on your website? Uh, QR codes eventually would be great. What we do is uh, just a lot number that's imprinted on the side of our bottle and then uh, you just go to that specific product under our website and and we have them listed next to each lot number so that you can find all that information that matches your bottle. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I'm, I probably sound like an elementary school teacher when I say these <laughs> things, but just like, mm-hmm. I want people to know how easy it can be to find the information that they need to empower them to yeah. make good choices. 
Right, right. And the other scary thing that I didn't mention either is is testing for residual solvent. So can that company tell you how that was extracted? Can they tell you how they got where where they wanted to with that and make sure that there's no residual solvents, whether that's, you know, ethanol or propane or butane or whatever, however they got to where they were getting to, making sure that that's not in the products is 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 very important as well. So yeah, and a lot of um, people source their active ingredient from you know someone right. else. So right. knowing and knowing where it's all been along that chain is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. exactly. Can they can they tell you where their hemp is from? <laughs> you know, where's where's your farm? Where are you getting it? Where is it sourced? So all of those you know hard questions are are great for pet parents to keep in mind when they're shopping. Yeah. So. Speaking of, where do y'all source? I mean, you're in Colorado, mm-hmm. so obviously in Colorado, <laughs> but where does Vetsius yeah. get your your active ingredient? Initially, actually, when we started, it was really interesting. Um, we found a great pilot program out of the Czech Republic. Um, so that's initially where we started. Um, we have switched over um, to Colorado-based companies at, at this point and started exploring different profiles and what we would like to incorporate later because, you know, being able to put that entourage effect in there is really mm-hmm. important to us. So having a formulation that's not just CBD, we have a little trace CBC, we have some CBG in there, we have, you know, a full terpene profile and um, from sources that we that we can trust um, is, is really important. So when we were shopping in the middle, um, it did, I'm not going to lie, it did take us a while because we put them through the ringer. <laughs> right. You know, what yeah. do you, what's your process? What are you doing? And so um, we we really landed on a, a really great company out here. So we're grateful for that. Nice. And I have one question because, you know, I love the entourage effect and yeah. all of its its grandeur. So we're <laughs> saying that every single cannabinoid mm-hmm. is okay for your pet. Mm-hmm. You know, like we mm-hmm. there's nothing that we're needing to say, like we need to only give the CBD mm-hmm. or with just a, t- a touch mm-hmm. of THC. All of the cannabinoids mm-hmm. are fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Correct. with with yes. with respect to the THC molecule and its juncture of you know, <laughs> once you start getting up there in those higher levels. But yes, absolutely, having that legal limit of THC in there, um, all of them working synergistically together is ideal. So, what about you know THC as it ages, it turns to CBN, which is the mm-hmm. cannabinoid that's helpful for sleep. So, mm-hmm. does CBN? get the same respect that THC does in the fact that like we don't want our we wouldn't want our pets to have too much CBN. I'm just Mm. curious if we've got a pet that doesn't want to sleep or, you know, or can't sleep or whatever. Or or can't sleep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I you know, I think that um I think that's a a very great thought. I think um, you know, THC specifically and just how it interacts is what we really need to be careful for. I think it depends on what you're trying to get at therapeutically. Um, what you're trying to accomplish with your pet. And so then it comes down to dosing at that point and what you're going to do as far as um, a custom dosing schedule. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of where we help navigate those types of situations. Yeah. And I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're a billionaire and then you can like hire somebody to compound specific, (laughs) (laughs) specifically for your pet. Joanna, that's, that's actually a good segue is we're looking at Mm -hmm. end of this year, being able to get isolated, Mm -hmm. um, from one of our formulation labs, CBG, CBC, CBN, and then tweak those levels. Because generally, you know, looking at our COAs, we do keep all those trace cannabinoids in there, but none of our CBN, you know, reaches above 0.2%. I mean, it's just not strong enough at this time. But I I love that so many companies in Colorado and in, in the United States with hemp legalization have 
cropped up and making all these really, really neat, interesting mixes because because yeah. that's kind of where we're going next, right? Is not just mm-hmm. like what can CBD do for your pet, mm-hmm. but uh, we would like to formulate lines that yes, like mm-hmm. if they're if they night walk and or have senility, senility disorder, which is a real thing in in dogs, you know, use this mm-hmm. formula versus oh your dog has seizures. Let's stick with mm-hmm. a higher CBD, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and really blend our terpenes um, more specific mm-hmm. to that. We can't be making marketing claims that we're treating, you know, we can't just put seizures on the label because then we'd be infringing on FDA rules, right? Certainly. Um, that would in, involve a $12 million R&D yeah, That'd be a $12 study. million dollar <laughs> mistake. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's the problem. And, and I, I even went to a few conferences last year, you know, within Big Pharma, trying to figure out the feasibility to get some of these better products with entourage effect and, and more trace cannabinoids and all these things. And I was strictly flat, you know, told by all these big companies that no, you can't, you have to have a single active ingredient to conduct FDA regulated clinical trials because you can't have too many variables. So when you think about all of the drugs that are on the market, you know, as pharmaceuticals, they're single active ingredients. There's well, a couple in history that have come through and been approved, but there is almost no chance unless unless FDA comes around to a different subset of conditions that any hemp products are going to make it through. So there's, crazy. you know, we have the synthetic mm-hmm. cannabinoid, you know, Marinol and all those. And, and then there was Epidiolex got approved and that's, that's great for juvenile seizures. But we just, I don't think we're going to see that in the pet industry. There's not that kind of money behind putting it into the clinical trials. Well, I was right? just talking to a strategist on my last trip to Canada. And, you know, now that cannabis is legal there, the universities are open to doing studies. The government mm-hmm. is wanting to do studies. So right. we yeah. just need to connect well, y'all with one of the universities in yeah. Canada yeah. and right. let them yeah. do this study. Well, and the problem well, and right now, too, is that their their pet products are all currently illegal because, once again, pets and veterinary you know professionals were left out of those legislation. So there is no line yeah. saying that you can use these products on pets. So at the current moment, technically any company producing pet products in Canada is illegal you because know, okay. it's it's not listed. So think about how crazy this is. Pe- most people oh. would rather sleep with their pet than their spouse, but then they're, yeah. they're getting all this done and they totally forget about, yeah. you know, man's best friend when they're writing the legislation. Yeah. Like it's stupid. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're, we're networking and lobbying for that change. So. For sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Everybody should go to VetCS.com and check out the selection of pet products for your cat, your dog, and your horse. Learn more about Trish and Dr. Ludke. And if you do decide to purchase anything, they are offering a 10% discount on all of the VetCS products if you use promo code CASUALLYBAKED. Um, ladies, thank you so much. Yes, of course. Are y'all active on social media? Should we send people your way? Yeah, we have a Instagram, which is uh, vet underscore CS. And we're on Facebook as well, just at vet CS on there too. So, all right. And I will make sure and include your bios and information and links to your products and all that good stuff in the show notes at casuallybake.com. Ladies, I so appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. This is really important information, and I've been trying to get a vet to get on this show with me, Mm -hmm. and I was having such trouble, and now I understand more why. why. More why. (laughs) 
<laughs> We're your girls, yes. Joe. We got you. Yes. All right. <laughs> yes. I'll talk to you all next time. As it turns out, your fur baby is a precious snowflake just like you. But you probably already knew that, right? The point is, there's no one-size-fits-all solution for you or your pets when it comes to cannabis and hemp. But the good news is, with some basic dosing guidelines and product due diligence, it's safe to experiment. And now you have access to vet cannabis counseling if you have questions or your pet is dealing with acute or terminal issues. Dr. Ludke mentioned seeing an average of one to two years of quality life added to their pet patients on a CBD protocol. That's hopeful. And never forget that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Don't discount the power of cannabinoids and terpenes. It's real medicine. The more I learn, the more I double down on plant medicine as a staple in my wellness toolkit. You'll find more info about the CSU and Cornell canine studies Trish and Dr. Ludke mentioned in the show notes at casuallybaked.com. Of course, you can head on over to vetcs.com right now for a deeper dive into CBD, dosing, and the other things we discussed on the show. And if you know what you're looking for, shop their selection of horse, cat, and dog-specific hemp CBD products. You'll get 10% off your purchase at checkout when you use promo code CASUALLYBAKED. That's all one word, no spaces. Casually baked for 10% off your purchase. Did this conversation inspire you to dial in your fur baby's wellness plan? If so, I hope you'll share this podcast with another pet parent in your life. And if you have more pet-related questions, message me through the website or on social, or you can do what Michelle420 did and piggyback a rave review with a question on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Thank you, Michelle. Solid move. I do love me a good multitasker. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.